What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies, and I am here today to talk about the very controversial Halloween Ends. Now, I know this movie has been out for a while now, and I was planning to get to this review earlier, uh, even planned to uh, have a guest with me. Unfortunately, I was not feeling very well at the time, so uh, this is going to be a solo episode here and one of the reasons besides being under the weather that I have not released this episode is I've watched this movie three times now and this review is really going to be the tale of two movies and what I mean by that is I am looking at this through two different lenses when I'm going to talk about it the first lens is what does this movie do Does it accomplish what I think is a compelling story with compelling characters? And did it interest me? And the answer to that is yes, this movie did. But the other way that I'm going to talk about this movie is, was this the right decision, which a lot of people are talking about? Does this movie feel like a conclusion to 40 years of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. And at the end of this, I'm going to give this two different popcorn time review scores based on those criteria. One, how is this movie just looking at it as a film? If I can break away from the Halloween tagline and what people thought this movie was going to be, and how this movie was kind of marketed, actually, as a a 40-year conclusion to the struggle between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. And that's how I'll do those reviews. So I'm going to start off by simply talking about the movie as a whole, unobjectively, just looking at it as a movie. And I think it works. I like this movie. I really do. On my Letterbox account, I gave this movie a 4 out of 5 stars on that rating scale. And I stand by that in terms of, I think this is an interesting concept. They certainly did something completely different with the Halloween franchise. Very on par with what I feel Season of the Witch did. I, I feel like this movie actually really honors or mimics that movie and coming out of left field and giving the audience something completely different to think about than what they were expecting. Now, do all aspects of that work? No, I think there's some logic gaps in this movie um, that might be solved by deleted or extended scenes or um, whatever the case may be. I know there's certainly some of those when the um, physical copy comes out, so I'll be interested to see that. But I think this movie succeeds in a lot of ways and has some interesting concepts. And introducing the character of Corey, who had a traumatizing uh, experience at the very beginning of this movie, where it opens up still taking place in the timeline of Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, where on a night where he's babysitting, he accidentally kills a kid by kicking open a door and knocking him over a balcony. I thought that was a really interesting storyline. I liked 
Corey. I like the fact of him losing his his sanity, so to speak, throughout the movie. And when I watch this with a bunch of friends, I even pointed out that you could see subtle changes in his eyes. And they reference Michael Myers' eyes a lot in the Halloween movies about how he had the blackest eyes, uh, the devil's eyes. And I think they actually did a very good, subtle job of having a change in Corey's eyes from the start of the movie as he progresses. I also thought it was very logical that he would turn um, to Michael Myers, so to speak, and they would ha- um, that they had like a little bit of a team up. Again, now does that work every time? No, it doesn't. I think there's some logical gaps there. I, I think there are things where you just have to naturally come to that conclusion yourself and not ask any questions based on, I think, some scenes being cut. But I do believe that story. I do like the story of Lori trying to really move on and have a life with Allison and where the town still has an issue. You know, there's one scene where Lori comes out of the grocery store and, you know, she's confronted based on something that happened to a character in Halloween Kills and, you know, People don't think Lori should be able to have a normal life and be able to move on. I like that concept as well. I think that's very well done. I think the kills in this movie are very well done. I like the look of Michael Myers. He's been in a sewer for four years, and he's moldy and dusty, and cobwebs are all over his outfit. And I think he looks fantastic. I enjoyed that. Now, what I mean by some logic gaps in in this movie, it, it, looking at it from just the movie by itself, one of the things that I really didn't understand is when Corey dresses up as Michael, which I like. I really do like that. I think that was well done. He was brutal. He had really good kills. I was actually really disappointed when Corey was killed in this movie. I thought you could naturally just have him take over the moniker. But I know Lori had said to Allison, I see the same thing that I saw in Michael, and there were certainly some callback shots to the original Halloween where Corey was standing outside the window looking up while he was waiting for Allison. But when... Corey arrives at Lori's house. There's a lot that doesn't make sense about that moment. Number one, there is nothing established um, in that scene where Lori calls the police and she says, I'd like to report a suicide. And I really thought they were doing that. I was like, oh my God, this is ballsy. Like this is totally, totally out of left field that they're going to have this woman kill herself. And the reason I actually thought they might do that is there's nothing to identify that she realizes Michael is there at the house. She basically did this to get the police to show up at the house or to trick Michael into thinking she shot herself. But there's no reason for her to think that Michael is in the house. The other thing that doesn't make sense is when she 
you know, she knows that it's Corey inside the house. There's no emotion there. There's no surprise. And again, there's nothing to establish her knowing that Corey has taken Michael's mask or taken over the, the, the mantle, so to speak, in this movie. And I think, again, drawing my own conclusions, I think there's some deleted scenes because in the trailer, there is a scene where Corey and Lori are talking inside the home of where, in the beginning of the film, Corey killed uh, the kid that he was babysitting by accident. And the scene's still in there, but there's dialogue in the trailer that didn't make it in. And the dialogue I'm referring to is Corey says, what are you going to do when Michael comes for you? Because he is coming. That, I think, is fleshed out a little bit further, at least I would hope so, that establishes that Lori understands that Michael is still around and Corey has seen him and might be working with Michael. Um, But we don't get that in the actual movie. So how she's so nonchalant about Corey being under the mask is kind of jarring. There's also one other scene in this movie where he asks Allison, Corey does, did Michael let you go or something to that effect? And again, it kind of establishes that like he's seen Michael, but Allison has no real reaction to it. Um, you think she would freak out of the fact that somebody has seen, you know, Michael Myers. Like it just seems too nonchalant, even though he hasn't done anything for four years. It just seems very nonchalant to me, some of the things that are mentioned in this movie. But again, it doesn't, for me, deter from just thinking about this movie, you know, as a Halloween movie, I think it succeeds. Again, there's some weird things going on where you have to just draw your own conclusions. But overall, I think it works. I like the relationship between Allison and Corey, and I actually... Contrary to what, again, just my opinion, I've heard from a lot of my friends, I do think Allison, with what she's been through, would, like, go for a guy like Corey. There's, you know, a lot of people that I've talked to are like, there's no way she'd date him, and, you know, I mean, let's face it, we've seen this in real life all the time. I think it's actually very believable that Allison would be attracted to Corey and and want to date him. Uh, I think that the explanation from the father when he's speaking about Corey and how the kid that killed his son, he doesn't think, you know, the kid that used to cut his grass, he wouldn't do that. And it was an accident, but the kid he saw driving down the street was not him. I I think again, they do nice, subtle little nods to show Corey's slowly deteriorating, um, mental health state, so to speak. I think that works really, really well. And that's why this movie to me succeeds as a Halloween movie. And I really would have been, I would have been really happy had Corey taken over and actually still survived at the end of this. He is killed by Michael. Um, And I thought that was a missed opportunity because I really don't know how you reboot this franchise again. I do think that you can continue this franchise by, and I'm not the first one to say this, so I'm not taking credit for it. Uh, Allison could very well be pregnant with Corey's baby. 
and you could have a movie of this child learning about his father's, you know, psychotic past and carrying on that mantle. I think you have a very easy way to transition into a new movie because I don't see how you reboot this. I, I'm not really sure where you go if you're not going to do Michael and Lori again. Um, you know, certainly, is there opportunity? Of course, there always is. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be good. Doesn't mean a studio won't attempt to make another Halloween movie on a ridiculous concept. Now, this is where I'm going to switch focus, and I'm going to switch topics, and I probably have a lot more to say on this part of it. Does this movie work as a conclusion to Michael and Lori's story? Hell no. Absolutely not. Can I see why fans are upset? 100%. This is not. In terms of a Halloween ending to Lori Strode and Michael Myers, this is not it. I don't care what David Gordon Green says. I don't even care what Jamie Lee Curtis says. And again, this is my opinion. This is not how you end this franchise and this story, so to speak. It is not how you do it. It really does feel like a slap in the face to fans. And here's what I'm going to say. I talked about this with a friend of mine, and we came up with some ideas, and we were just snowballing. But I think... This movie, I should say this trilogy, is a few tweaks away from being an all-time great. And who knows? Maybe time will turn on Halloween ends and people will enjoy it. I don't think so, but stranger things have happened. Um, Here's my thought. You have Halloween 2018, which I think is perfection. I think it, it has got one it has got one element in it that takes the movie down a little bit, and that's the doctor and his obsession with Michael. I think it was terrible. However, introduce Corey in the first movie. Everything still happens that happens to Corey. He accidentally you know, kills a child, he's babysitting. He is an outcast from the town. Michael comes back, and he is enamored with Michael in the shadows, watching as people start to turn on Corey. This is where you incorporate some of Halloween kills into the first Halloween, as people don't believe that it's Michael Myers. They think Corey is running around killing people. He's not, though. He's not doing this. But as rumblings start to happen that this could be Michael Myers, Corey becomes obsessed with finding out what Michael is doing back and observing him. And you don't have to have him be partners with Michael. Then Halloween, you know, Halloween 2018, the movie ends. Michael's in the fire. Okay. Michael's in the fire. This is where you take the idea of Halloween ends and put it into Halloween kills. I think Halloween kills 
is a great movie. Again, a minor thing in that movie, it's not minor, it's a major thing that brings it down, is that evil dies tonight nonsense. Those chants are ridiculous. The scenes are ridiculous. It bogs down and hurts the movie. However, what you do in Halloween Kills is with the fire, Michael is hurt. He is, you know, recovering. This is where you have Michael gone. You have Michael not in Halloween Kills. You incorporate the idea from Halloween Ends. One, where Corey takes over killing as Michael Myers. He dresses up as Michael and kills. Where does he get the outfit? From any goddamn store, because in this universe, it's you could find a Michael Myers mask still. Or maybe he finds the mask left behind at Lori's house. That's how he gets it. So, Halloween Kills, the other idea that you incorporate from Halloween Ends is... The town being scared to death at Michael's return. 40 years ago, well, 36 years ago, based on the timeline, Michael rocked this small little town. He comes back, you know, Corey kills the kid at the beginning. The town is grieving again. Then Michael's back. Kills again, and now this town is rocked to its core again, and they are scared to death. So in Halloween Ends, where people were fearful and looking for somebody to blame, and there were people killing themselves, or everything that happened, you put into Halloween Kills. Nobody, you still have Tommy and Bracket and all of those people in Halloween Kills that are terrified, that cannot believe this is happening again. Everything else can stay the same. Lori's, you know, daughter dies. You know, Corey could kill her. You know, you got to make some minor tweaks, but you do everything the same, but Corey is the killer. At the end of Halloween Kills, you find out where Michael is. Michael, you can have him kill Corey. That's fine. You don't need to keep Corey into the third movie. You have Michael kill Corey, take the mask back, and that could be the ending shot. You know, you could still have an establishing shot after Corey is killed by Michael. Michael look, is looking out in the window and Halloween kills. You could still have that. You could have Michael just putting back on the mask as the ending of Halloween kills. And then Halloween ends is Michael back after four years and ready to kill again. You can still have many, many of the same kills. You can have Michael, for God's sakes, killing those bully kids. There, there can be another establishing reason why he kills them. They're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. You can have him kill the radio DJ. You can have him kill the, you know nurse that's sleeping with the older doctor. All of those people can still be killed. But because Michael is back, this is where Lori and Allison and Tommy and Brackett and uh, Lindsay, 
they finally have had enough. They want to join Lori. They're convinced the whole town rises up. You can still have the scene that you had in Halloween Kills where the town confronts Michael. That's the ending of Halloween Ends. The town corners him. The town beats the shit out of him. And you've already established a really cool way to kill him in Halloween H2O. And you can reuse this because movies do it. The town beats the shit out of him. They've got him surrounded. And what happens? Lori comes in. Well, she's there, but everybody's surrounding Michael. He's sitting there. He's maybe like on his knees because he's been beaten so bad. And Lori chops off his head with an axe. You can still take everybody through. And you can drive him through the town to signify that you don't have to be afraid anymore. You can put him in the wood chipper. But that is a culmination of Lori and Michael finally, finally having their huge blowout. And that's what I think this movie should have been. Again, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but you could have established all of that. You could have transformed Corey into one, had him be the killer in kills, and Michael is back for the third. And I think you have a legendary trilogy with an amazing conclusion to the 40-year battle between Lori and Michael. And I think fans would go nuts for it. I really think that they they really did a disservice to the fans in terms of how this movie was marketed to being the end of the franchise. And that's why I'm rating this on two different scales. And what I'm going to say is I still stand by it. For Popcorn Time Review, looking at Halloween Ends as a Halloween movie, I give this four out of five buckets. I still stand by it. I still think it is a good movie as a Halloween movie. As a Popcorn Time Review for the end of the Lori and Michael saga, this is a one bucket on the Popcorn Time Review. It is inexcusable to market this movie as the culmination of 40 years and do what they did. It is not acceptable to the fans. It is a slap in the face and an insult to the fans of the Halloween franchise to do this and pull the rug out from under them. I understand why people are upset. I understand why people want this movie remade and are signing petitions to have this completely reshot. I don't think it'll ever happen, but I understand why all of that is going on. And that's going to do it for my review of Halloween Ends. Short, sweet, hopefully it makes sense. Let me know what you think of the movie in general. Let me know what you think of the ideas that were kind of talked about between me and some friends of mine with what we would have liked to have seen in this movie. I'm I am really fascinated by all of the talk on this movie. So if you still have something to say about this and want to talk, email the show. All of the notes and how to contact this show and interact are in the description of this podcast review. Please reach out. 
Let me know what you think. I'd love to talk about this movie with listeners of the show. So thank you very much for joining me on this review of Halloween Ends, and I will see you very soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.